Thanks for joining us in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And guess what? We're visiting with Jim Nance. What? Are you kidding me? The legend, the living legend, Jim Nance. Going to talk about him, his career, his family, Cincinnati Bengals, National Football League, young quarterbacks, you name it, a little golf as well. You name it. We're talking about it with Jim Nance. Can you believe it? Jim Nance. Welcome once again to In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics, who provides us with these outstanding studios for us to utilize and, and utilize with guests. And I'm talking not just a guest. I'm talking a legend. I'm talking the best. I'm talking the standard bearer. I'm talking Jim Nance. I cannot believe that Jim Nance is joining us in the trenches. Jim, welcome, sir, and greatly appreciate you carving time for us. Well, there's one guy I'd like to be in the trenches with. That would be you, Dave. So <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's uh, I know there's there's still a lot of good vibes up in the air uh, around Cincinnati these days after the game we all saw on Sunday. And I want to thank our uh, mutual friend Joe Marinick for uh, yes. putting us together here. So it's a pleasure to visit with you because you know how much I've admired you for so long. And um, just thanks for having me. I certainly do appreciate you. And, and Joe Marinick's good people. And how, I, I just got to ask you one Joe question before we get into the into the uh, football side of things, Jim. Can Joe hit it? Joe, a pretty good golfer. He's pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's, he's he is, good. Isn't he? Yeah, he's good enough. You know, he's one of those guys that when he competes in a uh, in a tournament because he's getting shots as an amateur, he's always in contention, which means which means he's not only a good player, but he's always a little bit better than that handicap indicates. I'm not saying it's fraudulent. I'm just saying he seems to rise to the occasion on the biggest stages. Of course, the biggest one of all for an amateur golfer is at, at Pebble Beach in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, where he has contended before. In fact, finished as a runner-up right before our very eyes moves yeah. ago. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen Joe's act on the golf course. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, he can he can get it done. There's no question about it. Competitive guy, too. There, he, No one likes to compete more than Joe Merritt. I can, I can say that. I got to ask you real quick, too, another golf question. What was it like rooming with Freddie Couples? There's a personality there now. When you guys were golf teammates at Houston, what was it like rooming with that cat? We were just big uh, sports fans who had uh, large dreams. He clearly wanted to one day be a professional golfer and win the Masters. That's all that he kind of dreamt about. Wow. And uh, I had uh, also a very kind of gold-minded lifestyle since I was 11 years old. All I ever talked about was working for CBS one day because I wanted to, I wanted to broadcast the Masters. That's one of the reasons why we ended up by our golf coach being lumped in the same little dormitory suite. Um, we were pals and, um, and we, were, we were kids with big, big dreams. We had four of us total in our dorm suite and all three of the other fellows made it on the PGA Tour. Freddie wow. made it to the Hall of Fame and uh, we remain very close to this day. That's incredible. I mean, both you high, that's, that's a lofty goal. And for you guys to achieve those goals, man, I, well, that, that's a heck of a dorm. They, they should, they should encase <laughs> that room in that dorm, man. They actually tore it down uh, a year oh, ago. They got raised <laughs> the whole dormitory did. So oh, uh, yeah, I, I will say this. I'm not sure in today's day and age and culture, it would be as easy to let young people's minds open up and dream without somebody trying to tarnish it and second guess you or ridicule it, whatever that goal might be. You know, it takes some, 
it takes a lot of confidence to let people know what's really in your heart and what you want to do when you're 18, 19, 20 years old without somebody having some snarky remark or firing it back in your face about how unrealistic that is or shooting it down, mocking you, whatever it might be. That's kind of what today I think social media has brought upon us, one of many things. I think it's, it's brought on this uh, world of second guessing and um, cynicism. And that didn't exist down in our dorm room at the University of Houston. <laughs> Not at all. We were believers, man. And yeah. when Freddie said he was going to win the Masters, I believed it. And when yeah. I said I'm going to work for CBS one day, he believed it. And I, and I think that there was a lot of power in that that got us to where we wanted to be with our lives. We worked hard. Uh, we, we, we really were obsessed with these goals and we, we, we felt like we were lifted on each other's shoulders, trying to reach for the stars. And it made a difference. Man, I'll tell you that that can apply to so many things in life, including football, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, that, 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 that could be a nice pregame, uh, rally talk for the Cincinnati Bengals for the rest of the season, which you <laughs> just did right there. And I will say you are a wordsmith. I mean, a, a guy that can say. As much as you say in so few words is an immense talent, and you are you're unbelievable. I, I watched and listened to the game uh, again, and it's just an incredible job. You, when man. when the Bengals Chiefs game was over with, what struck you, Jim? What was it that you thought? You know, when you had a little bit of time to reflect, what was the thing that came to your mind first? Well, I took away a lot. First off, the jungle was just an amazing scene. So yeah, that was that was fun being uh, in that environment, uh, and then. Just the way that Joe was able to get that clinching first down, the third and 11 pass to Higgins, that had to be so precise. Uh, and, you know, he had players coming down on him really yep. fast. And in a split second, he made the right decision. He threw it to the inch where it had to be. And, you know, I think the larger takeaway, other than just an isolated play, is that I think on a national level, this one – even, well, it's kind of hard to say it's more, it resonated more with people than, than going to the Super Bowl. But I think that, I think, I think there is a, you can argument that you, you could make that now people realize this, this team is legit. Mm -hmm. You know, not that they didn't think they were legit winning at Arrowhead last year and running through the playoffs, but they got right. hot. Right. And I think a lot of people thought, boy, they barely made it to the playoffs at the end of the year. That AFC North was wide open and they beat Kansas City week 17. And then they somehow survived all those sacks in Tennessee, whatever the argument could be. And they made the comeback in Kansas City. But, you know, I got to see it again. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is that we now realize that this is a team that's going to be relevant for a long, long time. As long as number nine can stay upright, it's yeah. going to be a joyous, it's going to be a joyous, successful, long stretch. We're talking way more than another decade i would guess he's 25 years old this could be 15 years of uh of every game that you have being important and yeah. people gunning for you this team is legit and i think isn't that kind of hard to say though dave you, you win an afc championship but you got to go win a regular season game the next year against that <laughs> team for a third time yeah we'll have people say wow okay i get it now they yeah. didn't win by accident not that anybody accused them of that but i think now you think okay i get it they're on that level now. They yeah. are. They are absolutely on that level. Yeah, well said. I mean, what's Joe Burrow like in production meetings? Because I, I don't think I've ever seen a young player with the laser focus that Joe Burrow has. I mean, he's got his protocol. He's got his preparation protocol. 
and and it's I'm I'm that's what I'm doing. I am not deviating, and and this is my day of the week for this, and then day of the week for that. And it's it's just extraordinary to watch him just rinse and, and repeat, rinse and repeat, and and at such a high high level. What's he like when you talk to him at production meetings? I think his his countenance, if you will, with us is pretty much what you see in his in his press conferences. Uh, it's I would say no nonsense. Um, yet laser focused, sharp, quick. Uh, I, I made a passing comment to him about the Tyler Boyd remark about, you know, this is this is Brady and Manning. So I said to him, which which one are you, Brady or Manning? And he says, I'm Joe. Oh. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, you, you're talking about how he kind of goes from this to that and he has it all planned out. I, I happened to meet his mom and dad for the first time Saturday night. Uh -huh. At where else? Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. There you go. The gathering place. What a what an incredible new place he's got. What a scene that was on Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. And um, I was talking to Jimmy, his dad, yep. about about uh, about his boy. And I just a couple of weeks ago had dinner with Tom Brady's dad, huh. Tom Brady Senior. Uh, his friends call him the original. <laughs> okay. So I was having dinner with with the original who's been a friend for a long time, full disclosure. And when he comes to a Tampa home game, he knows not to get in the way that Tommy has his routine. And when he's going to go home, he's not going home, putting his feet up on the couch and just hanging out. He, there's a room in his house where he's watching more game film and his dad knows just to leave him alone and even stay off campus. So yeah. I heard that from the original through the years. Then I heard Jimmy the other night volunteer about how when when uh, he and Robin come in for the games, how incredibly focused their son is. And he doesn't want them around for certain times because he's got things to do. Right. And I thought, you know, it's only the second time I've ever heard that. The other time I heard it was was with the Bradys. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what it takes mm -hmm. you know, to be a player be something more than just a player to be a legend you've you've got to find the wrinkles that no one else is trying to take the time or effort to figure out i don't think there's much that gets past joe so we were talking a little bit before the podcast about you know these young superstar quarterbacks the nfl is in a good place right now i mean it's a quarterback driven league people want to see excellent quarterback play there's more than a handful of them you and tony you know, over the years have seen a lot of these guys, you've seen them together and witnessed it. What, what's your guys take? I mean, is Joe, you know, in that, in that class, uh, and how, how high up in that class do you rank a Joe Burrow? Well, I hate to rank them. Yeah. But because I, I do think that we've got three that stand out to me above all. And, mm -hmm. and, and that would be Joe and that would be Patrick and that would be Josh. Yep. So, you know, if you had the first pick, which one would you take? Well, hey, give me the third, and I'll I'll be happy with whatever's left because then I don't have the pressure of maybe, you know, somebody saying I made the wrong pick because you're going to win with any one of them. Yep. And that's with leaving out the likes of Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert, who definitely has the talent and has willed his team to, you know, a couple of seasons that are looking pretty similar. Sure. Six and six, you know, 10 and seven, whatever they were last year. They've always battled injuries, it seems like, at the, at the Chargers. That kid's incredibly talented. So they're all residing over here on the AFC side of the of the ledger. 
right? Which uh, for us at CBS is a good thing. But I, I hate to, I hesitate to rank him. But is he in that discussion? He's more in that than being in that discussion. He's he's in that upper echelon for the yeah. very very rare few. What what does Tony Romo think about him, Jim? Loves him. Th- you know, thinks an awful lot of him. Uh, you know, he Tony has this. We all know this ability to break things down and see see the field like, and no one has ever described it before on television. Yeah, and he respects quarterbacks that see everything, and you know, for Tony, that process, part of it is he has a, a little bit of this amazing brain power to think fast, mm. but a lot of it also is efforting through film work, through the years and seeing, after ten years knowing when you step up to the line exactly where the soft spot is in the in the defense and where the ball really needs to go it became for him a, a puzzle solving as the years went by so when he sees a quarterback as young as joe who is on that track if he's not already there anyway in terms of unlocking what's out there uh he's he's impressed and blown away what was your take on uh, Zach Taylor, I know you've you've uh, met with him more than once. Uh, what do you think about Zach and the culture that he's building in Cincinnati? Well, it's pretty darn good, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think the world of him. I even made a, a comment during the broadcast that we're going to talk a little bit about Zach Taylor because I think he gets underappreciated. Yeah. I think he's I think he's underrated, and that's you know he's got two great coordinators. First off, and we talk a lot about Callahan and Anna Rumo. Um. But but Zach put this staff together, and he is sharp. He is super, super sharp. And I, I know I made the comment that I love the fact that he won only six games his first two years, and then look what happened. That continuity and that culture clicked in. And, yeah, you hit on some draft picks, most notably, again, number nine. Yep. But he, he's, a, he, he's a good leader, you know, a, a great leader. And I, I think that when you get down the road, he's not going anywhere. And we see sometimes these stats that coaches and quarterbacks winning combos. Uh, we've had that graphic up a few times, you know, Brady and Belichick, most notably, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've had in recent years, you've had Patrick and Andy Reid. You know how many yep. games they've won as a duo. Yep. Well, this is going to be this is going to be a, a, a tandem that's going to be together for a long time. I I truly, without hesitation, feel safe in saying that they will be on that first page of the list of all-time quarterback coach combos in terms of wins together because Zach's young enough. This is, this is, this is an organization that doesn't hire and fire like other ones do, which I greatly respect. And uh, Zach's a young man with, with a, a tremendous amount of talent. So Cincinnati, you know what you've got. You, you know, you've got, you got the main pieces now all set. Now sit back and enjoy the ride because it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I agree. So when Tony talks about Lou Anarumo's defense and the diversity and the multiplicity and, you know, the positionless players and all the different things that he can do, um, you know, he has multiple spies on Patrick Mahomes. He uh, rushes three and drops eight and plays a zillion coverages out of those uh, eight guys that are dropping. I mean, he, he never one thing you can't do with these quarterbacks you're talking about. You can't give them the same look over and over. They'll slice you and dice you. And, Lou mixes it up, pre-snap, post-snap, about as well as anybody. What, what does Tony think 
about what Lou Anarumo is doing defensively as a former quarterback when he studies that? Well, we, we have so much uh, admiration for Lou that every time we do a Cincinnati game, we ask for him in our production meeting because, uh, you know, we want to see what, what he's thinking. And mm. Tony feeds off of that. We don't have the D coordinator all that often. Huh. He's he's on a regular basis. Every time we do a Cincinnati game, we're going to talk to Lou. And I think he really helps kind of set up the game for us. And Tony is intrigued by the way he thinks it through. Again, mm -hmm. these guys are chess masters. So they're exchanging information about, you know, how you win the game. It, and a, a great part of it is, is they call it inside baseball when you get into the nitty gritty of it all. Yep, and, and I just love being able to hear it. I'm not going to offer it. I'm not going to get into Tony's space. That's for him to try to explain to the audience because no one can do it better. But uh, Lou is dynamic. He's uh, listen. You know, he's up for the Giants' job last year. Right. And this thing is tracking to where you're going to lose him at the end of this season. I think there's a good chance Callahan will be just as big a target out there. Yep, Ryan's awfully sharp, and um, what's going on with him? And, um, you know, looking around the league, this D'Amico Ryan's at, uh, at San Francisco. We didn't have him this year. We had him last year in the playoffs. Uh, undoubtedly will be a head coach next year as well. So I'm starting to put the little short list together of candidates, and you definitely have a couple right there coming out of Cincinnati. When you uh, look at it, uh, the, the, the Bengals take on the Browns again, and uh, it's a father-son situation. Mm. Bill Callahan, offensive coordinator, Brian, uh, excuse me, offensive line coach, Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator. Um, and, and the NFL is so strange, like we talked about earlier. Joe Burrow, first quarterback to beat Mahomes three times in one year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brady's beaten him, but not three and all, and uh, it, it, it's incredible. Yet... Joe Burrow's 0-5 against Cleveland. You know, it's like, that's the National Football League. It is so unbelievable for whatever reason, matchups and, I don't know, somebody has somebody's number or whatever the case may be. That's a, how, how many how many family scenarios like that? Father, son, brothers, or whatever. And I know it's kind of a tough question to ask right off the top of the head. I mean, I know you'd, you'd have to go back and research it a little bit, but can you remember like a father-son type uh, scenario where you broadcast the game between the two of them or brothers or whatever? Yeah, I mean, we we, we see it uh, every once in a while. I mean, I think of the Ryans, uh, yeah. Rex and Rob, and, of course, their dad. And sure. um, you guys know it so well with the, the Shula connection to Cincinnati yep. from, from years back. Uh, yep. But, I, I mean, I love when you have those family ties. Uh, we had uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati last year. As, and as you know, you just said it, Cleveland won that game. And Denzel Ward actually had a pick six that went about 95 yards yeah. in that game. Right. Um, no, it's interesting when you have uh, when you have family relationships like that and they're on opposite sidelines and how much information you're holding on to against someone that you really care about. But, you know, this this Cleveland matchup, that it, it, this is unless there's a letdown there, which I don't, I don't see coming for Cincinnati. This is a Cleveland team last week that uh, showed it's going to need it's going to need some time before Deshaun Watson's ready to really play at the level that he used to play at. I don't question whether or not he's going to get back there. I believe he will, right? But I don't think that there's going to be a giant leap from from his first week back to his second week. There'll be some improvement. There has to be. 
I mean, they didn't produce an offensive touchdown last week, and his passing and accuracy was way off. Of course, they got a couple of good backs too, but hey, I, you know, I saw what, what what the Bengals did to to Derrick Henry. So uh, I'm, I'm anxious to 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 see though how this plays out with with the seating at the top. I know they're they're more concerned with winning the division, rightfully so. But I'm trying to figure out in the end, can Cincinnati work its way all the way to a one seed? I mean, they've got Buffalo still to play. Mm-hmm. They just would need Kansas City to get another loss. And by the way, you know, Kansas City's schedule is not that tough the rest of the way. But it's going to be interesting watching them all the jockeying with those three teams. I would love to have that one bye that comes to the number one seed and have home field throughout. I mean, the jungle hosting an AFC championship game, we, we know what that looks like and what that, what that can look like potentially with weather. Um, love to see it. So you're obviously a hero to young guys that want to get into the broadcast profession. Who was your hero, Jim? Who was your mentor slash hero or whatever the case may be as you were trying to uh, work your way and break into the business big time? Well, you you know, you had these guys calling your games, guys like Kurt Gowdy and Dick Enberg. Yep. Um, for starters over on the NBC side because they had the AFC back, back in the day. Yep. Uh, Jim McCage. Jack Whitaker, Pat Summerall, I got to work with for 10 years. Uh, Keith Jackson, Chris Shankle, Frank Gifford. And these were, these were like, they were role models for me. They, they were legends. I hate to start naming names because I know I've, I've already forgotten a few. But, you know, the amazing thing is you get to meet, meet them uh, as you grow up. You, you're lucky enough to be residing in their industry. And, and they were the ones that, that, that showed you how it's done and you wanted to be like them. You know, you, 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 you really wanted to be a composite of all of them. And then you grow up and um, they actually know you, they know your work. You, you have their phone number, you have dinners with them. Uh, it's an amazing journey. Uh, you know, Jim McKay, I, you know, these guys, I used to write them letters, Dave, when I was young. I did. Really? All. Mm-hmm. And I heard back from most all of them. Wow. But I delivered the eulogy for Jack Whitaker's funeral. Wow. Delivered a eulogy at Jim McKay's funeral. Mm. Uh, Pat Summerall, I would have been there, but his service was on a weekend, and I did an on-air eulogy for a long time at the Hilton Head Golf Tournament. He, he passed away April the 16th, 2013. I mean, I cried on the air right through it. Mm. Um, they're all gone, I mean, of that, that generation. And I got to know every one of them. Did I, I hope I mentioned Keith Jackson. They yeah. all were so good to me. It's crazy now. I've never forgotten how good they were to me. And um, they didn't have to be, but that's who they were. And, they, they, you know, the game was the thing for them. It wasn't about them. A lot of people are trying to figure out ways today to break into the industry and try to stand out. Well, they stood out by trying not to stand out, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So great respect for that. So that's a long list, probably more than you wanted to hear. But, um, man. That I love those guys. Don Cricky was a guy I'm sure did a lot of your games back. Yeah. Today. You know, I don't mention Don often enough. He's still living over in Essex Fells, New Jersey. Uh, just, just giants to me. They were bigger to me than the athlete. I, of course, I had my Jack and Arnie's and Tom Weiskopf's and um, Roger Staubach's and Julius Irving's and people that I looked up to like that. Sure. Uh, but the broadcasters to me were were the were the main reason I was tuning in. Yeah, I'll tell you, 
you're what you say about those guys are exactly what you are. I mean, not only a truly talented professional hall of famer in every hall of fame that there is, um, but an even better human being, you know, and the way you treat people, the way you help people and everything that you, uh, you do in that regard, it's, uh, it really is phenomenal. And I'll tell you, every time there's a big event, turn that on. And I hear Jim Nance's voice. I'm like, yeah, I'm home. This is where, this is where I belong, man. Jim's doing the big show. This is, a, this is what it's all about. You do an incredible job and, uh, you're just a, a one of a kind. There's no question about it, sir. I'm very honored. You'd say that I've had, um, great fortune been very fortunate that um, cbs has believed in me that long that these events actually have been kept and maintained by cbs for as many years as they have and uh, i'd like to do it for a while longer i'm 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 heading to my 37th final four it'll be the last time i call the final four wow Um, and iron eagles i'm going to step away from it and iron's going to take over and he will be fabulous and he'll take it to all new heights but this was decision that uh was years in the making i had to give something back. I just needed it. And now that I'm in my sixties, I started in my mid twenties at CBS and I've been on this, I call it a golden hamster wheel. (laughs) It's, it's as good as gold. I mean, to have the NCAA basketball final four golf, the masters, the PGA championship, the NFL with the super bowl every third year. Uh, It's been amazing, but it amounts to 47, some years, 50 weeks on the, on the road. And I need more time to be with my kids, you know, at home. And, uh, and I, I've just enjoyed every minute of it. And, uh, I hope to keep doing the NFL and, uh, the golf for another decade or so. Well, Jim, I, I certainly can't thank you enough. I mean, you're, <laughs> you are a true legend, a living legend. That's the, <laughs> the only way I can, uh, only well, way thank I you, Dave. That's, that's, that's more than I deserve. Trust me, but it means a lot coming from you because I have such deep admiration for you. And I, I look forward to seeing you the next time we have uh, a Bengals game. Let's do right, it. I'll be right down the right down the road from you. Uh, you know, I know you're right in the middle of it all. So I wish you all the very best and happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Jim, for for deciding yeah, well, to uh, to grace us. Day is that I worked for 13 years with Phil Sims. Yes, I loved every minute of it. Great There's guy. No one in the NFL that Phil respects more than you he's That's been great. a friend of our podcast he's done quite a few and and actually chris is is doing one uh right after we're we're oh, done is he really Give him yeah yeah so great Phil, phil's been great as well yeah i mean you guys you guys are the best and uh and just hey i can say nothing more than have the happiest holidays you and your family have ever had because it is well deserved and um wish you nothing but the best my man thanks dave to you good luck to the Bengals, to everybody God bless you all. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thanks, pal. Great At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. <laughs> Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right. You yeah. know, you got to get that body right. That's right. right. Yes, sir. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out FirstStarLogistics.com.